you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, do you love your work? Well, if you don't, I know that you believe it's possible or you wouldn't be hanging around here. That's what we talk about every week, how to find or create work that is, in fact, meaningful, fulfilling, work that you love. Hey, and you know what else? Work that puts a whole lot of money in your pocket. doesn't have to be a trade-off. It works the other way. Move toward what you love. Money's going to show up in unexpected ways. Well, one of our friends that makes the show possible today is Audible.com. They have more than 180,000 audiobooks. And spoken word audio products. You can get a free audiobook of your choice at audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Now, I'm going to be telling you more specifically some books that I recommend relative to one of our first questions today. So stick around for that, but you can get a free audiobook and a 30 day trial from them just by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Now, I read a book recently titled The Big Leap. And in that, the author, Guy Hedrick, or Gay Hedricks, talks about what he calls the upper limit challenge. Now, you recognize this, but this comes up more often than I, uh, golly, than I wish to admit. And frankly, it's something that I deal with. But here's the deal. In The Big Leap, the author says, each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. It's a powerful concept. Now, if we can identify it, we can start to raise that upper limit. I mean, I've been working on mine for a whole lot of years, but when I realized that, you know, when I, what I make in terms of income relative to what my dad made, just one generation back. I mean, it's pretty humbling to think about that. And it's not about just trying to always have more. That's not the deal. But I do recognize that I, and most of you as well, have that upper limit where, well, let me just ask you this. Just think for a minute. What would it be like if you made in a month what you used to make in a year? Let's just say that you're used to making $60,000 in a year. What would it be like if you made $60,000 every month in 2016? How would your life change? How would you feel? How would other people see you? Now, here's the deal. In our culture, people are used to getting 3 to 4% increases in their pay. If you work for the government, you may get a 2% increase. You know, nah, that kind of comes along. So it's like the frog in the kettle. It's just slow. It's just really tiny. But what if something happened that would 10x your income? Could you, in fact, handle it? Now, we know that a lot of people actually can't. You may think, well, of course I could. You know, I'd go out and buy a Ferrari and We'd uh, vacation in the Caribbean or in the Mediterranean next year, whatever. But it's really not that easy. I mean, look at what happens to lottery winners. When the money comes too quickly in an unexpected way, they usually sabotage and they go back to where they were before. 
you know, these NFL football players that come out of the ghetto and get a $10 million bonus. Six months later, they've sabotaged their career, blown the money, are in debt and back in the ghetto because their image of what they deserve did not match the reality of what was put in their hand. Just think about that. I'll talk about that more in weeks to come. But the upper limit problem is that particular level over which we have a hard time seeing ourselves to do. I mean, when, when people go into the job search, I've experienced this again and again and again in working with people. They usually give themselves about a $20,000 window of what they will even consider. So if you're making that $60,000 and you need to go into a job search for whatever reason, people usually look at jobs that are offered between 50 and 70,000 about $10,000, less about $10,000 more. So you would look at a job from 50 to 70,000. What if a job comes up that's open that fits perfectly what you're qualified to do and it pays 150,000? You know what happens? Most people don't even apply. They don't even apply for that. They think, well, there's something that I don't know about that because their image of what they bring to the table, their sense of deserving isn't big enough to open the door to that kind of an opportunity. Well, Hey, we could go on maybe I could make that. Well, as a matter of fact, that is one of the notes that I have that we could use as a theme at some point because it comes up so repeatedly. How do we break that? How do we raise our own level of deserving so that we get past our own upper limit problem? Well, let's go on to some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, how can I overcome the resistance? Even if I have hope, clarity, and freedom, should I quit a job where I'm miserable without having another job lined up? What percentage commission should I get if that's my only pay? Dan, my wife is getting frustrated with my low pay. Well, I've got some really exciting information for the gentleman who wrote that. Incidentally, stick around for that. And somebody, actually a lady from the Netherlands says, what could I do as a stay-at-home mom to make money? Oh my gosh. I got some ideas for you there. Hey, here's our quotation for today. This comes from General Douglas MacArthur, who said, you are remembered for the rules you break. Now, this comes from a government official, a general. He says, you're remembered for the rules you break. Now, I've got some examples as we go through, but I want you just to kind of think about that. You know, do you ever break any rules? Or do you always do exactly what is expected? Now, when we, well, you know, when we talk about breaking the rules, I'm not talking about just running red lights, you know, and uh, driving 100 miles an hour where the speed limit is 70, although I think there are times when both of those are justified, frankly. But I'm talking about other kind of things. And I'll give you some examples as we go through here. Hey, I've got a checklist for writers. I know lots of you want to write. I've got a, a free checklist for you, 48 things to just go through and help release you as a writer. If you just go to 48days.com slash write, W-R-I-T-E, you'll get that list. Be happy to pass that on to you. Well, let's go to some of our success stories for today. Always got lots of those. Today is no exception. First one comes from Dr. David Powers. Uh, been a friend of 48 days, friend of mine for many years now. Uh, just recently moved to Tennessee as, an, as a matter of fact. He says, Dan, I thought you'd think this is pretty cool. My 10-year-old son entered a chef contest that Tim Ferriss put on and won. It was only for people 18 years old and older. 
But I told him to enter anyway, and he did. Good work. You know, that if he did good work, Tim would recognize it. Well, guess what? He won. We'll be flying out to Seattle this summer to have dinner with Tim and the staff at Chef Steps. Sometimes it's all about breaking the rules. Well, there's a great example right there. A 10-year-old entered a chef contest where it said clearly you have to be 18 years old or older. And he won it and now is being flown out to Seattle to have dinner with Tim Ferriss. What a hoot. And what a great example of exactly what we're talking about. You know, here's another example. And and there's lots of things. But what if you read a job application that says college degree required? And you went as you got to be a junior, but you didn't actually complete your degree. Do you not apply? Are you kidding me? I mean, companies defy that as a rule for hiring every day of the year. They put that in there so it's a screening tool. So instead of getting 800 applications, they get 300. But if you have the qualifications, wow, I'm with what you have. They'll defy that requirement again and again and again, especially in today's environment. You know, I used to do uh, multiple times. I mean, I, I love selling and have done selling in a lot of different ways. But one time had a little concept where I was selling advertising and I would just walk into businesses. I mean, it wasn't something where I wanted to call and make an appointment for two weeks from now. I just walked in and made a presentation, three minutes, walk out with a check 67% of the time. I mean, I knew I could do that. How many times you think I walked into a business where it said no solicitors allowed? Well, if that keeps you out, you're going to miss a whole lot of opportunities. I mean, there was only, there was one time I remember real clearly where a guy just screamed and reamed me out, you know, for defying that sign, no solicitors allowed. And I went in anywhere. And you know, the funny thing is it was a car dealership, a car dealership where they're taught to overcome objections, you know, and get around somebody saying, well, gee, I got to go home and talk to my wife. Really? I mean, what would it take for you to make a decision right now? But I, I did. I went in, he reamed me out. I said, gee, I'm sorry to intrude. I went right across the street. This was back before cell phones. Never got in my car. I walked to a phone booth and I called him on the telephone. And I said, now I'm not intruding. I'm not walking in, but I wanted to tell you what I have to offer you that I think you'll be interested in. And I asked him, I said, incidentally, would you expect your car salespeople to be stopped if they saw a sign like that to not go in and try to make a sale for a car? He ended up apologizing to me and purchased from me, incidentally. But anyway, lots of stories there. But if you just obey the rules like that all the time, you're going to keep your success level pretty low. Well, I got a lot to move on here. I want to blast through some things. Deanna says, Dan, um, I'm on a dream vacation with my family. I only have internet access to my phone. As a nurse, I did not think I could double my income without working tons of overtime. But I decided to take you up on the challenge since I enjoy listening to Positive Podcast. I figured I had nothing to lose. Now, if you remember, you know, I've given out a challenge multiple times. I think you can double your income in six months if you spend 30 minutes a day reading or listening to great material. And I've had a lot of people take me up on that. And Deanna says, well, I'm excited to tell you I'm on my way to doubling my income this year. It will be due to a combination of changes I made and a possible I'd love to discuss it with you over lunch. I live in Lexington, South Carolina. I'll be visiting a friend in Franklin, Tennessee over the 4th of July weekend. I can be available anytime on the 3rd. I know with it being the holiday weekend, it may not be possible, but wanted to try. Well, I already wrote back to Deanna. Yeah, as it turns out, we're going to be in Woodland Park, 
Colorado over the 4th of July, visiting our oldest son, Kevin, and his family with seven children. So we're excited about that. So we won't be here. But I certainly want to hear more about Deanna's story, how she's going to double her income as a nurse just by changing her thinking, opening her mind up to new possibilities. Great, great stuff. Todd says, Dan, this is a thank you rather than a question. Now we're in our success stories here. I'm the CEO of a successful executive coaching firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're a 10 year old company that has experienced great success over the years. But a few years ago, I noticed that the marketplace was changing. That was also about the same time that I started following your work, reading your books and listening to your podcast. Even though we've never met, I've greatly benefited from your weekly podcast as we have reinvented our business. Your inspiration helped me launch my new platform from founder to CEO with a very successful podcast of the same name. And I help great founders become superb CEOs. I could not have done it without your weekly words of inspiration. Thank you for what you do and who you are. Sincerely, Todd. Well, Todd, man, thanks for your note. I've already, I went to Stitcher immediately, pulled up from founder to CEO, your podcast. I listened to about five minutes. Sounds great. I've got it in my, my, my lineup now as favored podcasts. So I'll make sure to listen to that. That's what I do when I'm on the treadmill in the morning, listen to great podcasts this morning. I listened to Pat Flynn on one that I'm going to tell you about a little bit here relative to another question, but yeah, I'll be delighted to listen to from founder to CEO. Congratulations again on, on reinventing your business. You mean you're in a business that has changed an executive coaching firm. Yep. Things have changed, so congratulations on making the moves necessary. Dan, it's Brittany. I wanted to share a success story with you. I've decided to start a blog at the end of the summer, and I wanted to sharpen my writing skills and gain some national coverage prior to launching my site. Notice I didn't say to try to gain national coverage. I made it a goal to do it. Within the last week, after a couple weeks of submitting articles to major media outlets, I've been notified that my writing will appear on Yahoo and in Ebony Magazine next month, along with my writing being featured on other lesser-known websites. I'm an avid listener to your podcast and then consuming at least two and a half hours of educational material each day. I've regained a new sense of purpose and determination after following your sage advice. Thanks for all you do. Well, thanks, Brittany. What a great, encouraging note. And I love the way you frame that. You didn't just say you're going to try to get some national coverage. No, you just made it a goal. Boom, went out and did it. Awesome. You know, there's a a blog on 48days.net in there by Kamanzi Constable. I've talked about his success story. Uh, He is a master at getting his writing in national media outlets like the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, Good Men Project, and others like that. But he has a blog up right now, The Five Basics for Building an Online Business That Actually Makes Money. So check that out, The Five Basics for Building an Online Business That Actually Makes Money. So check that out. Again, thank you to Brittany for her note. And if you are a writer and want to get out there, release your message to the world and have success doing that, again, just I get that free checklist that we've got available right now, 48 points to help you walk through that. Just go to 48days.com slash write, and it's there. Now, this comes from uh, Jeff Jones, who says, after five years, it's finally here. He says, it all started around the table at a TGI Fridays in the late summer of 2009. My wife and I were out with another couple discussing our futures and dreams. Jason, the other husband, knowing I sold custom drumsticks to bands like 
Casting Crowns, Mercy Me, and others ask me, why don't you have a website where people can create their own personalized drumsticks on the site? That's where it all began. Now, Jeff goes through launching his business. Um, He launched it that same year, December 16th, to a huge audience. During an hour-long interview with my band, Big Daddy Weave, the guys from Rick and Bubba Show were more than gracious to mention my website three times and help launch my new venture with a record day of orders nationwide. And it goes on with what has happened. Now his site is custom sticks, S T I X. So it's custom sticks.com. Um, he, um, talks about, you know, what he's done. I mean, he's, he's really launched this. Now, Jeff was the drummer for big daddy weave. He transitioned out of that because he didn't want to be on the road and gone from his family so much, but has exploded his custom drumstick business. I have some here in my office that say 48 days on them. I've got another set that say Dan Miller on them. I'm not a drummer, but I just love having those. And Jeff was gracious enough to send those to me just as a, a gift. But you can get custom sticks, S-T-I-X. Check out what Jeff has done. But congratulations to him on making his dream come to life in an amazing way. Now, Jen McDonald is my, uh, is our, you know, our director over at 48days.net. She's my eyes and ears to see what's going on over there. And she said that she also wanted to, uh, just to share her own one year freedom anniversary. It's been one year since she left her job. And in that process, you know, she's become an expert at social media marketing. She's writing a lot. She's blogging. She's speaking. She's acting as a consultant. She uh, is on our team at 48 days because of what she does in the 48 days.net community as well. But you can check her out at the iron gen and check out what she's doing there. And again, would love these stories about people who are getting in the game, making a difference. Here we go. Our favorite song from Queen. We are the champions. If you got a story about something you've done, you got a success story to share with us, we'd love to hear about it. You just go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan. There's a red starburst there you'll see where you can share your story, or you can just send it to me directly at AskDan at 48days.com. Love to hear those stories. All right, well, let's go on here. Got a question. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, it's a question that comes in from Stacy, who says, well, she says, let me get this out of the way first, Dan, you and your team and the podcast rock. And now onto my question. I'm unable to attend the Escaping Shawshank event this year in August. However, I'm looking forward to a future opportunity if you decide to make this a regular event. In the meantime, what books can you recommend on the topic of overcoming resistance? For those of us in search of hope, clarity, and freedom as promising and future entrepreneurs. I'm in my late 50s and I have an inventory of ideas and dreams. As well as my son who is in his mid-20s, married and a father of two under the age of three, and who aches to be an entrepreneur in the near future. All right, Stacy, no problem. Incidentally, you know, I wonder, you know, I'm curious. You say that you're unable to attend Escaping Shawshank. And yet you want to know how to overcome the resistance. I mean, how important is it to you to figure out how to overcome the resistance? Because that's going to be an event 
where we walk people through how to overcome the resistance. How to get through that? What is holding you back? What is your upper limit problem? What is it that's holding you back? How can you get through that and then create a plan and move into the success that you've been wanting for a very long time? How to get that hope, clarity, and freedom that you talk about? But I'm just curious, what is it that makes you unable to attend? Um, I mean, it's not a really complicated kind of process. Incidentally, golly, as you're listening to this, we're right on top of the very last day for the early bird registration, which is fine. I mean, I know a lot of people just wait till a couple weeks before an event, no matter what, even if they do pay more. And if you want to do that, we'll be happy to see you there. But if you want that pre-registration discount, hey, check it out. It ends on the 19th. So depending on when you're listening to this, we're right on top of that. Check that out. Now, anyway, I'm going to honor Stacy your your question here about what how to get past the resistance. Yeah, there's a lot of good material out there on how to do that. I'm going to give you now. I already talked about you can get a free Audible book from audio audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. You go there, just sign in audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. And here's three titles that are there that you can get as your free one if you aren't yet a member. And if you are a member, just buy one of these. The War of Art, Winning the Inner Creative Battle by Stephen Pressfield. It's only two, uh, almost three hours long, but it is a delightful little book and really talks about how to move past the resistance. Now here's another one. Lynchpin by Seth Godin. Again, about two hours long. It's an abridged version of that. That's what I would encourage you to get. Just get the abridged version. You don't need to listen to the whole thing word for word, but get the high points linchpin. But how to move past that, how to make yourself somebody who's indispensable. And then the third one that I'm going to recommend, see you at the top. Get the 25th anniversary edition. See you at the top, Zig Ziglar. That has been a standard in the Miller home for years and years and years. We used it to homeschool our kids. We're getting ready to do, I'm going to do a a four-week online group for teenagers. Now, we're going to limit this to about 15 or 20 people. And I've already put the word out just to a few people. And I've got more than that who are standing there with their hand raised. But it's going to be a thing where my son, Kevin... My grandson, his oldest son, Caleb, and I, the granddaddy, all three of us, three different generations are going to bring our perspective on See You at the Top. We've all been impacted greatly by that book. So we're going to do a four-week process walking teenagers through the high points of that. So you can get that. Lynchpin, See You at the Top, The War of Art. Those are the three recommendations I've got. Again, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, you can pull one of those up, get it, and be listening today before the sun goes down. Okay, this here's, here's a question. Dan, my brother is restarting a small lawn and garden equipment business. He's looking for, at the minimum, $20,000 to get a website up and get some more product in stock. He's debt-free but has no credit score. His income is about $14,000 a year. He has Asperger's, and it's difficult for him to work for anyone else. He's gone to a couple of banks, and they said, get your income up. His response, that's why I'm coming to you, so you can help me with that. He's part owner of some property and a home valued at $425,000. It can be used as collateral. Still nothing. 
Most people would probably go get a part-time job to bring in some money, but it's extremely difficult for him to work for anyone else. Any suggestions? Thanks. Well, comes from Letty. Yeah, Letty, I've got a lot of suggestions in that. And, and there's so many things that you can do. You know, your, your brother can do in this case, you know, to get started. You are never going to hear anything else but that from the banks. You know, when you want $20,000 and you're making 14000 yeah, it's not going to happen. You know, they're not going to go out on a limb. They're not going to try to help your brother. They're in the business of making money, period. And unless they see a clear way to make some money, yeah, they're not going to do it. And, and frankly, banks aren't interested in doing a $20,000 loan. It's just as much work as making a $2 million loan. And on a $2 million loan, they're going to make a whole lot more money. So they don't do these small little kind of business loans. It's really difficult to make that happen there. But here's the good news. You don't need to borrow any money. Zero. Zilch. Start with what he has and build from there. Now, I'm not sure if you're talking about selling, you know, new equipment, lawn and garden equipment like Kubota or John Deere. I mean, if so, they're going to have their own requirements for investment capital, and it's going to be a lot more than $20,000 to get started. But if you're talking about selling like used lawn and garden equipment, my goodness, start, start with $200 on a couple of selected pieces you find at garage sales or Craigslist. I mean, spread the word that you'll take equipment on consignment where people can bring you their lawn and garden equipment. You'll show and sell that and they get a portion of the sales price. I mean, that's exactly the model that Play It Again Sports does. You take in your old sporting equipment, just leave it with them. They sell it. You get 40%. They keep 60. I mean, Music Go Round does that with musical instruments. I mean, everyone has old lawn and garden equipment laying around that they don't use. So scout out that. Build your business from there. Now, please, please do not spend $20,000 on a website. I don't, I don't know how much of that money you were anticipating going to a website. But don't spend $10,000, don't spend $5,000, don't spend $3,000 on a website for a new business. I mean, it, it, it's so much cheaper and easier to get a website up. I mean, go to GoDaddy.com. You can get your own website and domain where it costs you a dollar a month. A dollar a month. You can have, you know, customizable pages, free hosting, unlimited pages, I mean, if you move up with a whole lot of their business services, it's $10.99 a month. I mean, if you're a coach, you can go to like coaching websites and build a website where you pay like $30 a month for that, you know, right from the start, but have all the features that you would want as a coach without ever having a big initial investment for a website. I mean, just don't do that. My goodness. I mean, we get our website, you know, the websites we have at this point are massive, very, very complicated you would be amazed at how little I spend on the front end because in our company, everybody is sharing on profits that are earned, not just on their skill or expertise on the front end, just not necessary at all. And, and I commend you on wanting to help your brother out. And if he has Asperger's, I recognize there's some challenges with that. Sure. Start your own business, set it up, but start with what you have and build from there. Uh, the businesses I have today were done exactly like that. They were never built. Nothing I have today was built on going to the bank and getting a loan to start it. And it also, they were not built by me putting in, you know, a whole lot of investment capital that I had my own. Most of them were started with really just an idea. And you can do the same thing. This comes from Adam who says, um, I've read 48 Days to the Work You Love. I'm currently reading No More Dreaded Mondays. 
I'd like to have Dan's advice on quitting a job where I'm miserable without having another job wind up. I've been miserable at my current job as a drafter for an oil and gas company. The only thing that has kept me here is debt and that it pays well. But I feel God pulling me elsewhere. I'm just not certain where that is. I'm passionate about fitness, specifically the CrossFit style of working out, and I aspire to own my own gym. I currently don't have any coaching experience or much business experience for that matter, so I feel stuck where I am. Is it a bad idea to just quit, get out of here, and focus on finding my passion and possibly find something temporarily in the meantime to pay the bills? Well, and it goes on other other ideas as well. Well, I wouldn't advise you to do that. I mean, if you just quit your job and don't have anything else lined up, you put immediate pressure on yourself to make something work. You know, unless you have six months of savings where you can just have some luxury time to take your time and try to figure this out in 48 days, I certainly wouldn't do that. But there's no reason you can't either line up another job or completely map out how you would start another business while you are currently working. I don't care how draining the job is. You know, we all have 168 hours a week. You can determine how to find those 10 to 12 precious hours a week where you're going to spend that investing in starting another business or investing in lining you up to get another job. Don't burn the bridge you've got. Don't kill the golden goose. Don't just walk away from that and hope that things work out. It creates too many unrealistic pressures and there's no reason you can't do it while you're doing what you're doing now. Well, take a breath there. Just a reminder that uh, you're listening to Real Life Questions from people just like you and me. Send these in every week. I love opening that magic mailbox on Wednesday morning when I open that. Incidentally, sometimes, you know, people email on Wednesday afternoon. I don't see it for a week. It's the next Wednesday because I don't go in there except on that day. So if it's a personal email, you probably ought to figure out another way to get it to me rather than just going there. But if you got a question, that's what it's for primarily, that email box. And you can get there by sending it to askdan at 48days.com or go to that 48days.com site and click on the Ask Dan link there. You'll see an opportunity to shoot it in to me right there. Robert says, I have an opportunity to set up and manage the e-commerce channel. This is an interesting question, the way this is laid out. I think it really unpacks a great idea. I want to make sure that you hear this. He says, Robert says, I have an opportunity to set up and manage the e-commerce channel for an existing company. The owners want to structure the payer commissions based off the online sales. My questions are, is this the best scenario for me? And what is the fair percentage or rate for a commission-based pay? I've typically worked on a regular salary basis. This would be my first commission-based job or project. The products are all different prices and they are manufactured by the company I would be setting up the e-commerce channel for. The e-commerce channel would consist of sales on sites like Amazon, Sears.com, Walmart.com, and so on. Any help or suggestions you have would be greatly appreciated. Love your podcast and all the great info you share with us. Regards, Robert. Well, Robert... I love your question. I love the opportunity you're describing here. There are really too many variables for me to give a specific percentage, but I like the concept a lot. Now, if you're selling an online course, now in this case, it does, it sounds like you're selling you know, commodities, I mean, physical products, but if you're selling an online course or a software package, 
you may be able to get 25% because there's no hard cost in making or delivering that product. But if you're selling staplers and paper clips and there's only a 30% profit margin, you know, you're going to have to structure it much differently. You may have to establish a monthly base of sales required. I mean, where $20,000 is required where you don't get anything because they expect that to happen just kind of naturally. But then you get 10% of the sales from 20 to $30,000, 15% of the sales from 30 to $40,000 and so on. You know, without knowing the, the specifics, the price amount, the, the profit margins, and the projected sales, it's really hard for me to just jump in and say this is reasonable. I mean, there are people that sell in a scenario like you're talking about, and they get 2% of the gross sales because they're selling, you know, million-dollar products. There are people that get 40% because they are selling a product or service where there's no cost of that product to make the product or deliver it. So it, it, there's too many variables here, but create your own scenario for what would work both for you and the company. It's a very common arrangement these days, and it's a good one for everyone involved. I mean, here, here's a quick example. I mean, Ashley, my daughter, she takes care of all of the details for our Coaching with Excellence events. Next one we've got coming up, incidentally, is in September, and it's filling up quickly. But she's not guaranteed anything for taking care of all those details. We promote those through all of our social media channels. You hear me talking about it here in the podcast. Ashley handles registration. She arranges catered meals. She sets up the cleaning schedule. She has all the materials prepared and printed. She decides what we're going to give away as door prizes. So she has no out-of-pocket money, but a whole lot of time. So she may work on that event for a year or six months leading up to it with no pay at all. Then when the event is over, we take out all the expenses, look at the net profit, and she gets 25% of that. But what would happen if there's no profit? She gets nothing. So she has to believe that her investment of time is going to lead to a significant profit. And of course, we have enough track record that it certainly does. But I mean, she did that from day one when there wasn't a whole lot of knowledge or track record about what that was going to lead to. And we do new events the same way. If we introduce a new event, like we did Innovate a couple years ago, or right to the bank, same scenario. Ashley takes care of all the details for that, makes it happen. She gets nothing in advance, no guarantees at all, simply a percentage of the net profit. Love those kind of arrangements, very reasonable, and those open the door for big opportunities. And, and frankly, you know, if I paid Ashley $25 an hour, there's no way in the world she would make the money that she makes by getting a set percentage of the net profit because she gets a big chunk. So she's smart enough to realize that, you know, she's not going to ask me to pay her 15 or 20 or $30 an hour because she'll make more money by doing a great job, making the event a really killer event. So those people tell others, which they do the next events, you know, I mean, we've been doing this for a long time now. She's worked for me for 10 years. So as those events have grown, she knows those make her a whole lot of money. I mean, she could do nothing but the events that we do. Well, she makes money on other things that we do as well. But I mean, she could just do those events and have a system in place. It's pretty predictable at this point. I know she's going to make a lot of money. And no, I'm not going to pull the rug on her and take that away because now it's predictable. We know the events are going to sell out regardless I'm not going to say, well, okay, now I'm going to back your percentage up to 5%. 
or just pay you $20 an hour. No, not at all. She helped build it, and she's going to reap the rewards of that on an ongoing basis. Now, this comes from Andreas, who says, My name is Andreas, and I'm from Colombia, South America. I was reading your book, 48 Business Ideas, because I have free time on the weekends. Really need to earn more money. Now, look at where we're going to go with this. This is, we got a really great convergence of listeners here. I have a job at a good company, but on the one hand, it's an assistant position. On the other hand, I want to have my own business because I know I have the potential. There's one quote, I don't remember the author, that says, if you don't work for your dreams, you'll find yourself working for someone else's dreams. Golly, that's really, uh, Brian Tracy uh, pretty clearly says that. If you don't set your own goals, you'll be working to help somebody else accomplish their goals. But uh, Andres says, I have one idea, but I still need to work on some details. Here it is. Training people so they can have access to a job. There are many unemployed people with diff- who find it difficult to get a job in Colombia. I want to teach them how to act in the interview, improving their CV, giving a brief training on specific fields like accounting, IT, and law. Also submitting their CV on different websites so we can send it to different companies according to their expertise and knowledge. We need the advertisement so people know what we offer. We're going to start with flyers, groups on Facebook, acquaintances, and we're thinking about charging $20 per person. We keep thinking about some other ideas that make us unique in the market. The main reason I'm writing you is because I see that you have an amazing mind for business, and maybe you could tell me if this is a good idea. I would appreciate your opinion so much. Thank you in advance, Andres. Here's one of the, the things we do when we start a business. It's what's called due diligence, D-U-E diligence. So if I'm going to open up an ice cream shop in Franklin, Tennessee, I better know there's already a Ben and Jerry's, a Baskin Robbins, a Sweet CC's, and another one, oh, I can't think of the name of it. Michael Hyatt, Michael and Gail Hyatt told me the ice cream is amazing. I haven't been there yet. But anyway, there's like four ice cream places right here in Franklin, Tennessee. I better know that fact. I better spend some time watching what they're doing. Try to get a sense of how profitable they are, how much traffic they have, when their busiest hours are and all that. It's called due diligence. Here's what I want you to do, Andres. Just yesterday, I spent an hour with one of our superstar coaches who lives in Bogota, Colombia. Lives right there where you do. His name is Cesar Escobar. Now, his website is 48ds.com.co. So it's a little bit different extension in Colombia, but it's 48 Diaz. So he has 48days.com, the domain in Spanish, 48ds.com.co. Go there and you'll see exactly what he's doing. He's doing exactly what you're talking about. Training people to be prepared for getting jobs. He teaches in five of the major universities right there in Bogota. He has an online course that has 127 videos in it using the 48 days material. I mean, he has really taken the 48 days material and built an amazing business for himself. He's now licensing that online course to other universities. His big goal for next year is to get licensed where he's being paid by 30 different universities. And it's exactly what you're talking about, teaching people how to be prepared for their interviews and all that. So to start with, check out what our coach Cesar is doing. Talk to him. I mean, send him a note and you guys communicate. You can learn from him. You may decide that you want to just use his course and be a facilitator for it where you invite people in. You can still charge your $20 a piece, but you don't even have to create the material. Just use what he's already created. 
I mean, just figure out something that would work that would make sense for both of you. Great question. Thanks for submitting that. Sam says, I'm a great fan of you. This is kind of a related question. Now stick with me here because I think we can help Sam out. I'm a great fan of yours and I appreciate all you do. I've worked as a career counselor in a local university here in Georgia for four and a half years. I earned $39,000 a year. Now keep that figure in mind. I earned $39,000 a year, which is not enough for my wife and two kids who are under six years of age. My commute is about an hour and a half away, one way. Ouch. I enjoy what I do because it gives me a chance to speak to college audiences on my campus. My passion is motivational speaking. People tell me I'm a great speaker. The problem is that my wife is getting frustrated with my low pay, wants me to get another job closer to home that pays more. I understand her frustration, but I really want to enjoy what I do and make good money too. I started my own speaking business, but it's going to take time to build. On top of that, my long commute and weekends watching my kids while she works has made it difficult to build a business. I feel trapped, need your advice. Should I just get a job closer home that pays more, whether I enjoy it or not, or should I focus on transitioning into my own business now? The other part of this equation is that we need more money now. Please help. Some helpful strategies would be appreciated. Well, Sam, we can help you with some helpful strategies. Now, you say that you're working as a career counselor and you're being paid $39,000 a year. Now, stick with me here. I mean, I'm essentially a career counselor as well. What if you took some of the information that you know is helpful for college students? You know, how to land your first job. You know, how to wow the person who's interviewing you. How to avoid the five fatal flaws in interviewing. I mean, you could take any one topic. What if you created a little ebook? So it's 18 pages long and you charge $17 for that. I mean, that'd be really reasonable. Put a wow cover on there. You put that out there. What if you had only a thousand people who purchased that? Now, sometimes when we talk about, you know, selling books, we talk about, you know, New York Times bestsellers where they sold, you know, half a million copies to hit that kind of status. What if you had a little ebook, no publisher, you didn't have to wait on anybody. You just put it together over the weekend. You have it ready and you have only a thousand people who buy that in the course of a year. Well, that's $17,000. What if you made it a little bit more robust? You had something like I just talked about that Cesar Escobar put together. So you've got a little online course. You got a couple little videos in there talking about how to find that job, how to get out here and get into your great career. And you sell that at $197. It's an online course. Well, you know, it's not going to be the next, you know, what calls your parachute or 48 days to the work you love. You're only going to sell a, a hundred of those in the course of a year. Well, that's $19,700. Now you're doing career counseling at the university. You're recognized in that position. You have the credibility to be a career counselor what if you took on individual clients, somebody who was deciding coming out of high school and wondering how to do really well in college and how to choose an appropriate kind of major. So you're going to have an individual counseling session where you're going to meet with somebody for 90 minutes and it's going to be a $500 package and the parents are going to line up to send their kids to talk to you because you're a recognized career counselor in an established university. And for that, they're going to pay you $500. What if you did one of those a month? at $500. So we're not talking about a big 
intrusion in your time at all. We're talking about taking information you already have, put it together so it gets out there, you expose it to other people, and you have one coaching client. So yeah, you have you know, 90 minutes a month where you have to actually be with somebody. You schedule that on a Saturday morning, once a month, another $6,000. Now look at what we just did there. We took what you're already doing and just framed it. So with a little ebook, so you make 17,000 there, an instructional course you put together out of content you're already very familiar with and $19,700 there, $6,000 by seeing one person a month. We just generated $42,700 without ever leaving your current job. What would your wife say if you did that starting right now, starting right now in July of 2015 and by July of 2016, you generated $42,700 in addition to the $39,000 that you're getting paid for being a faithful employee. What kind of flexibility would that give you? Would that give you the confidence to say, my gosh, I've already duplicated my income. Certainly I can do this. And now that I am not doing my regular job, I can double and triple what I'm doing with these little things already. I mean, that's exactly the way that we walk people through this process when they come and they want to get involved in coaching with excellence or a coaching mastery program. We walk them right through that kind of process. That's the way it's done. And you can do this. Hey, one more, one more. And we're going to, we're going to stop. Boy, and there's a bunch I wanted to get to. Okay, here we go. Dan comes from Mark, getting ready to start 48 days process to look for accounting jobs with your recommended 30 to 40 companies. When I've done this in the past, I find I try to make my cover letter more of a Rembrandt than a simple sketch that would transmit the same meaning. What time, what should the time constraints be in producing cover letters, letters of introduction, and even a resume for the first time? Thanks for all you do, Mark. Well, in terms of the time constraints, don't spend more than two hours on a resume. You can start with nothing, a blank sheet of paper. Two hours would be the maximum that I would spend on creating a resume. Cover letter, 30 minutes. Introduction letter, 30 minutes. That's it. Now, having said that, I want to go back to your question. You sometimes want to make your cover letter, you know, more dramatic than it needs to be. Well, this isn't one of those examples where, yeah, I want you to break all the rules. Remember our quotation for today? You were remembered for the rules you break. General Douglas MacArthur, break the rules. Now you're in the accounting field where most people are going to send it on white paper, perfect margins, Times New Roman font, just as boring as boring can be because it's in the accounting field. Break all the rules for what most accountants do. Send it FedEx, show up in person to deliver it. Include a remnant, a Rembrandt in there and explain why your accounting is like fine art or include a copy of Golly, what did Rembrandt? Well, the return of the prodigal son. Uh, that's one that I, I'm pretty sure he did. Make a case why having you as part of their team will be like completing the family. I mean, I'd be creative at what you're doing. But, but don't spend, you know, a month getting things ready to get out. No, not at all. I mean, spend 30 minutes being creative and get something out there that's going to wow people. Absolutely. Enjoy the process. Well, hey, check out Coaching with Excellence. Next one's coming up in August or September. Actually, the August event we've got is Escaping Shawshank. Go there. If you haven't yet listened to the trailer there, you're going to be blown away by the two-minute trailer at Escaping Shawshank. And if you think there's something holding you back, we need to see you there. 
make this the year. Are we going to do it again? I have no idea. We aren't going to even think about doing it again until we do it once and see how successful it is. If it wows people like I think it's going to, yeah, it's probably going to become an annual event, but I'm making no promises of that at all at this point. So if you ever want to experience the Escaping Shawshank event, it's in August of this year. That's the only thing we've got scheduled. That's it. Check out your free book, audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. There you go. Hey, you know the routine here. We're going to end with a song. This time went too fast today. Man, I got some great questions here I want to bring to you. We'll get back to those next week. And then remember on July 3rd is going to be the segment where Joanna and I talk about what if the negative person in your life is your spouse? You get comments on that still? Feel free to shoot them into me just at askdan at 48days.com. We're going to be discussing that topic. Thanks for being part of this community where we in fact are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Don't settle for less. To change the future you've got.